When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Need to Know, real talk about the reality of unidentified aerial phenomena. From Australia, Ross Coltart. From the US, Bryce Zabel. Hello and welcome back, dear listener, to Need to Know. And Ross, it's great to be back for a second episode of Need to Know. We're coming to people from Australia and the United States. You're outside a of transcontinental, <laughs> a transcontinental news organization. Yeah, but a couple of journalists who are uh, willing to take a look at this uh, this expanding issue right now and try to make some sense out of it. And um, I think it's. Uh, Maybe you've been doing it a few years less than I have, but the one because you you sort of started with your book in plain sight when you started what researching that three years ago. That was quite a deep dive. A lot has happened in three years, and as we told you in our first episode, uh, basically we've given you a bit of a precis of what's happened this year. I don't know about you, Bryce, but I thought it was very important to point out to our viewers and our listeners that it hasn't always been the case that this issue has been subjected to ridicule and stigma and taboo. The thing that really leapt out at me when I started looking, especially at the historical records in in your Defence Department and Intelligence Service archives, is that back in around about 1947, when this issue first started coming on the radar, when people started talking about flying saucers, there were people in your military, your intelligence services, and in my government's military and intelligence services, and in Western and even Eastern European countries all over the world, the phenomenon was being acknowledged as real. UAPs weren't a subject for ridicule and and giggling mockery. They were taken seriously because the government of the day couldn't explain it, could they? No, they they could not explain it. And I guess taking it seriously uh, was shed by degrees. But the summer of 1947 uh, is just a fascinating time to think about. In 1947, in the summer three major things happened and there were there were other things besides but the first major thing was uh the the thing that kicked off the flying saucer craze if you will was that a pilot a private pilot in washington state uh, a guy named kenneth arnold uh, saw nine different craft flying in formation quite fast and uh, he came back and told his story and it it really caught on and caught the people's imagination and then uh, less than uh, a week later, about two weeks later, our Roswell happened. Um, and for, I, I'm not sure everyone remembers exactly how that was treated, but it goes straight to your point. They put out a press release in Roswell saying that they had a flying disc, that they'd captured a flying disc. And then this is uh, the this is the origin myth of yes. the greatest conspiracy theory of all. This I, is the mystery that won't go away. The allegation that the United States government has secretly recovered an alien spacecraft. Well, the truth is to be ridiculed. Yeah. Well, the truth is if that happened, 
And I think that um, your book uh, has a lot to say about it. And I've certainly talked and written about it over the years. If it happened, it isn't, uh, I think it's the original sin of the UFO cover-up if it happened, uh, because it really set the template uh, where the, the whole thing disappeared. Think about it. If uh, it, something happened in 1947 that caused the, the, the base at Roswell to put out a press release saying that a flying disc, they took it back the next day and nobody heard a thing about it until 1980. Well, that's, a, that's a 33 years. That's a long time to put something under the table. And you know, the funny thing about it is if you read the Gillibrand Amendment, the amendment yeah. of Senator Gillibrand that's now before the, the Congress, it's now talking about retrieving yeah, absolutely. one of these objects. It, it's talking about testing materials, medical studies. What would they be studying medically, do you think, Bryce, if there was one of these objects recovered? I mean, there's a, there's a bear in the room here, isn't there? We're talking about craft, aren't we? It's it's crazy, and what has happened over the years uh, in in certainly here in America, and I think also parallel in Australia, and and around the world is that at first only a few things could be even talked about, and everything else was just too crazy. So at first you said, well, I can maybe think that there are objects out there, but but boy, I don't want to talk about the fact there might be people inside them. And then it was like, well, maybe there's people inside them, but I certainly don't want to talk about them crashing and recovering craft and bodies. And now they do talk about those things. And what about abductions? Same thing. Yeah, it's funny. I, I don't quite know what to think about abductions. I don't know what to I think about my lab's military abductions. It just does my head in. But I'm not dismissing anymore the possibility that the United States has recovered alien non-human technology. And the reason why is because when I was writing my book, I, I decided to write a whole lot of letters all over America. I thought, who are the most interesting people that might know something? And one of the guys I wrote to was the guy who was essentially the chief boffin for the US Navy, a guy called Nat Kobitz. And I got Nat at just the right time. He was a beautiful man. God bless him. I, I really miss him, actually, because he was a lovely fella to talk to. Very, very sharing scientist, one of those wonderful uh, Brooklyn Jewish men with a big sense of humour. And he was talking to me at the time that there were the bushfires in Australia when we were basically on fire, which you wouldn't think now because we're half underwater at the moment. But the, um, the thing he told me after several months of talking was that he was, quote, read into he was security briefed, given the classified briefings that allowed him to be read into a UAP crash retrieval program. And when he told me that, I almost fell off my chair because, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I was saying to him, is Roswell real? And he just chuckled. He just said he'd been told about the recovery of multiple craft. Multiple which, craft. Which... I think is an astonishing chapter in your book and he's an astonishing witness and there are others. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll say this though. I think people uh, who first hear about such things, the first thing that they think in their minds is what these things have come all the way across the universe and they're crashing. What's, what's up with that? And I don't have a great answer for that, but I do have an answer. Um, you don't send the individual craft, these 30 foot things or whatever they are across the universe. You probably send a much larger thing across the universe. And then these are the things flying around 
locally in the same way that we don't send an FA-18 from here to wherever it's supposed to deliver its payload. We put it on a giant uh, carrier and, and, and go out into the ocean and cross the ocean, and then they fly local missions, and sometimes those FA-18s do crash. So um, I think that's more like the parallel, but I, I don't know. What do you think? Is that one way to express Well, I can it? tell you, I mean, one of the things I want to acknowledge here, Bryce, is when I first started researching this subject, friends of mine would say to me, what, what are you working on? And I'd go, I'm doing a book on... I didn't want to admit that I was doing a book on UFOs because inevitably the conversation comes round to what, so you believe in little green men, right. aliens, extraterrestrials visiting this planet. And as we discussed in the last show, I hope people understand now that what we're talking about is a mystery. Yes. We're acknowledging that there's a mystery. And, and one of the perennial conspiracy theory mysteries that's been bobbing up in the custard ever since the 1940s, but particularly since the 1980s, when that Roswell story really broke, is this claim that the United States government has recovered non-human technology. Now, as you and I both know, there was an organisation that was set up of all people by a guy called Tom DeLong, mm -hmm. the former lead singer of Blink-182 called To The Stars Academy. And it was essentially intended to be a UFO transparency group. But one of the things it started talking about very early on was that it had recovered, quote, metamaterials, objects that had either fallen off craft or been re recovered from these anomalous objects that had been videoed or seen by witnesses, and that these materials were being tested. And there are some quite extraordinary claims that have been made even about those materials, let alone the claims of recovered craft, aren't there? If there's a journalistic race to break any story right now, I think it's crash recovery. I think that's the, the, the thing that is being chased behind the scenes right now. And because the threshold of saying that out loud, that's the quiet part. And if you say it out loud, uh, that's just a game changer. So I, I think editors across the nation are probably not, not eager to do that. But when the, if there's another big shoe to drop, it's going to be that one. And the reason it's so frightening to the status quo is that just changes the whole discussion. It's like we're having an entirely different world at that point, because at that point, there's going to be lawsuits filed to get their hands on that. We're going to demand reports. Congress is going to have hearings. It's going to be nuts. Because let me set the scene. The thing that fascinated me is as a journalist, I'm taught to go back to source. So I asked myself the question, what has any president said about the allegation that there's been crash recoveries, that there's been recovered? Let's talk, let's talk candidly about what we're talking about here. We're talking about a spacecraft, yes. an object, a vehicle that has been built by non-human hands, not of this earth, not of this world. That's what we're talking about. And I must confess, right at the very beginning of my research, I thought, oh, well, this is just rubbish. It's just bullshit. There's no way anybody's going to have a recovered craft. Roswell was a tinfoil hat fantasy. Right. I'm not so sure anymore, not just because of what Matt Kobitz has said, but because of what people, for example, 
There's a Dr. Eric Davis, a very well-respected astrophysicist who's spoken several times on popular radio shows talking about the fact that he is aware that the United States has recovered craft, but he's claiming that they've had a lot of difficulty back-engineering those craft. I myself have spoken to people who purport to be in the program, scientists and officials who've allegedly been read into, security briefed into a program where they are allegedly, reportedly trying to back-engineer craft. The problem I have with this is I, I just, I still can't accept it because I accept this prima facie evidence to support that possibility. But the thing I'm wrestling with, Bryce, is the fact that the White House itself put out a press release in 2011 responding to a petition demanding transparency on alleged extraterrestrial mm -hmm. visitations to planet Earth, and they categorically denied that the US government had any knowledge of such extraterrestrial visitations. And moreover, they categorically denied that there was any recovered spacecraft, any recovered vehicle in the possession of the United States. So frankly, someone's lying. Well, there, I think, I think when we rewrite the history books, uh, that very statement from 2011 is going to be involved in it. Uh, that was more of a, first of all, that was the Obama administration rejecting the uh, possibility that there might, might be somebody else out there and we might not be alone. And it was just a sort of a, it was just a casual put down of that idea. And yet Obama himself uh, has just been on television in 2021 talking about uh, that UAP report that uh, we've been discussing. And it's not just Obama. That's the thing that gets me here is you've had Bill Clinton drop yes. big hints before that he tried to find out about the phenomenon, about UFOs. He, he asked people to go and literally knock on the door at Area 51, the, the secret Nevada test range where a lot of this black technology is allegedly tested. And I think he's actually admitted that he had some frustration. I've spoken to Dan Sheehan, an attorney who allegedly, according to him, did some work for Jimmy Carter and his science advisory team trying to investigate what the US government knew back in the 1970s about the phenomenon. And, and he's claimed that he actually was given access to secret, still classified Project Blue Book files, which showed photographs of well, there's no other word for it, a, a flying saucer in the possession of the US government. And Danny's convinced there's been a cover-up and he's quite a well-respected civil rights attorney. And it's not just him. You've got um, uh, hints from people like Christopher Mellon that he's now no longer so sure. He was the former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defence and, and he's admitted that he tried to find out if there was this kind of hidden technology. Was there a secret UFO program? Was there a, an Aurora spacecraft that was being built by the United States in secret? And he was told, categorically denied, that such a craft existed. Now, I, frankly, my friend, I hope if any country in the world has this technology, I hope it's yours. Because frankly, I, I, I fear for the possibilities if it's Russia or China. The consequences if authoritarian regimes 
with ill intentions like Russia or China get their hands on technology like this is pretty scary. So I sincerely hope when people say to me, oh, look, it must be, it must be technology that's being developed in the black by the US, I tell them that, that the official policy stated to the Congress is that this is not, these UAPs are not known technology in the arsenal of the United States. There's there's not a TR3B, they claim, jacked up on blocks in a cave in Area 51. They don't, they don't have a spacecraft hidden somewhere. They've categorically denied that. What I find fascinating is somebody is clearly lying. If somebody is clearly lying. And and if if maybe we've gone from the space race to the crash race, and uh, that, that's been going on behind the scenes for years. I think the lack of transparency that they, the governments of the world have brought to this over the years is really being felt at this point because it leaves uh, people like us, respected journalists like yourself, who, who want to get some facts. And, and there's just a dearth of them because people won't come forward publicly. They come forward privately to to you and you're hearing these incredible stories and that may be very well what the story of 2022 is as we look forward to the next year what we may be seeing is the outlines of how this thing starts to shake itself down 2021 as we kind of look back in the rearview mirror to 2021 we can see what that was all about that was admitting that the uap phenomena is real not stating exactly who it was but as you as you as the information that you've been getting from people comes forward and others and myself we've all heard these rumors and these discussions for years 2022 may be the year where we start to really really talk about that and and you i i so empathize with what you've been saying where it's just crazy and your friends are like you don't really believe and yet if you do the work and if you start to talk to people, you say, well, I have to believe something. And I'll just part with this. I've lived for like 25 years now where I always say I'm treated like the drunk uncle at the wedding where people go, well, there's Bryce talking about that again. And the difference in 2021 is palpable to me. I don't oh, get treated amazing. like that anymore. I get people saying not what's he up to, but what can he tell me? I get people saying, yeah. come here, buddy. Tell me what you know. I agree. I mean, it's funny because I, people, friends of mine, I'm a member of this group called ICIJ, the um, International Consortium of Investigative yeah. Journalists, and they've done work on, say, the Pandora Papers or the Panama Papers and running all sorts of collaborative investigative journalism. And so there's these fantastic journos all over the world who share investigations and share stories. And in the last few months since my book's been published, I've been getting these kind of whispered calls where journos ring me and they go, hey, Ross, Ross, I, I hear you've written a book on UFOs. <laughs> and the, 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 the accent I'm trying to do there is a, a Spanish guy. And um, he told me that um, he was aware that his government um, had been uh, investigating a particular UFO incident and he'd been frightened to run the story. But because he'd seen my book and heard me being quoted somewhere, he was happy to start talking about it. And I think there's a groundswell. There's just the beginning of an inkling in the mainstream media that this is a story worth reporting. And for me, I was in the States earlier this year when shortly after the UAP task force report, the preliminary report on UAPs was tabled in the Congress. You had that extraordinary 60 Minutes story, yes. which 
even though I don't think it really said that much that was new, it was just incredible to see they something broke, about. They UAPs. broke their own taboo. I mean, all, in all the years, 60 Minutes uh, is, you know, the granddaddy of the news programs here in the United States. And they really don't fool around with UFO stories historically. So for them to do the UAP story, even if it was a little tepid, they still did it. And that that made it, uh, for my money, and I think yours too, one of the top 10 stories of uh, 2021, the fact that they would they would do that. And that's why, as we look to 2022, I think we have to acknowledge that this is a dam-breaking kind of story, okay? It's possible that if if nobody comes up with that breaking story, that it kind of gets put back in the barn. But I don't see it that way. Uh, we've got reports being written now. Every time a report gets uh, released, uh, politicians are going to have to talk about it. And when politicians talk about it, journalists write about it. Editors ask their journalists to look look into it for more stories. So um, I think... I believe that what we're about to see happen is the competition that developed uh, post Watergate uh, or during Watergate to break a different story between newspapers. Uh, now it may be between different journalistic uh, uh, groups, but we're going to see competition come in and break this. Ah, but Bryce, we're going to knock them all off, mate. This is why need to I, know is here. <laughs> we're going to be out there ahead of the pack. Well, I, I, I like that. I like that because in fact, Ross, that's exactly what you did with your book. You said, and you done, seriously, don't hide your light under a bushel, mate. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of your medium columns. Yeah. You know, um, I, 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 there's a lot of things you've told me and some of the columns that you write on Medium that, frankly, I never knew anything about. I didn't know that John Lennon had seen a UFO, that he apparently claimed to have even met an alien in his bedroom or something. They're extraordinary stories. There are uh, there are so many extraordinary stories, and I think that that's what's so fun about uh, being... My father was a history teacher, all right? And um, he'd probably be rolling over in his grave right now if he realized some of the things I've done to, to history. But even my father had someone who came to him when Dark Skies was on the air and said, uh, hey, Harvey, your son is the guy um, that's producing that show. And uh, he said, yeah. And, and this friend took my father's side and goes, I was sent to Roswell um, after uh, the after we went home because they'd served together. And he said, and uh, th- definitely something happened there. And your son, you wow. tell your son, he, he said to my father, you tell your son to keep on this because we all knew it was a big deal and they just told us to not look and not talk. So that kind of stuff's been going down. And I think that what that means is there's enough of it that, that the, the, the people who want to find the new history stories, they're going to fold into history. And that's why I like you know, Lennon and all these other things. Cause they're part of the tapestry of, of disclosure. No, I agree with you. I mean, I'm getting people doing that for me as well. I mean, I'm even getting people who I've dealt with on other stories, not only in your country, but in my country, people who work in quite senior levels in our defence department or intelligence services. And they're saying to me, keep on going on this one, Roscoe. Come on, keep on plotting. Don't be shy. Keep on going hard. Don't let the bastards pull the wool over your eyes. Need to Know continues in a moment. One of the reasons I've come to the conclusion there is really something to this, people often ask me, why do I so strongly believe that there is 
a lot more knowledge inside the US government in particular that's being concealed. And this might sound like a digression, but funnily enough, the people we have to thank most of all are the most repressive, authoritarian, nasty bunch of intelligence thugs in the world, the Russian GRU. Because prior to the 2016 election in your country, Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump, there was an attempt, no, back off all the conspiracy theorists, this part's true. There was definitely an attempt by Russia to try and help Donald Trump through social media. And one of the things the GRU did, and this is a subject of a criminal uh, deposition that's been certified by the FBI uh, and by, I think, a state attorney, a federal attorney, is that there were agents of the GRU, the Russian Intelligence Service, military intelligence, hacking the Democratic National Committee. That's the DNC, the Democrats. And they broke into the email system of a guy called John Podesta. Mm-hmm. Now, this may be an elaborate in the telling, but stick with me here because this really matters. This is, to me, one of the smoking guns in this whole story. And this is how journalism works. You're about tell the yeah, story. But okay. That's how journalism so, works. John Podesta was a former senior policy advisor to both Bill Clinton and also to Barack Obama, hugely respected guy in the Beltway, knows a lot of people, very, very well connected. He's worked for different White Houses over many, many years. He was becoming part of the Hillary Clinton campaign team. And what we now know is that Hillary Clinton, for years with Bill, had been meeting Lawrence Rockefeller. They'd been aware of Rockefeller's interest and passion about opening up the secrets of UFOs, UAPs. And so Clinton was hardwired into exposing what could be exposed that's still secret inside the US government. And in these emails that the GRU leaked, they show that John Podesta was in email communication with General Michael Carey from Space Command, Mm -hmm. NORAD, General Neil McCasland from the Foreign Technology Division of the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, Robert Weiss of Lockheed Martin, and of all people, Tom DeLong, the punk rock rock singer of uh, Blink-182, the punk rock band. They were secretly talking about disclosure, about Hillary Clinton making an announcement. And if you look at those emails that are incontrovertibly authentic, they are real. Absolutely. They show that prior to the 2016 election, there was a policy underway, under consideration by Hillary Clinton to make some kind of a disclosure about UAPs to the American public. Now, to this day, my friend, I just don't get it. I don't know why every news hound in the country isn't beating down the door of Hillary Clinton. What the hell was going on? That's why we need to know what Need to Know is going to do about this, because we're going to have to do that ourselves when people won't do it. Uh, I'll tell you something. When John Podesta left office uh, after uh, the loss in 2016, um, he put out a tweet that said his greatest regret was not achieving UFO disclosure. And at first people went, that's crazy. What is he talking about? And he never backed down from it. And it was a serious tweet. It wasn't him uh, making something up. I'll tell you a quick Clinton story. Um, I know of a woman who was on a, on a flight uh, after Clinton left office and Clinton was on the plane. It was a private plane in the middle of the night. He wasn't sleeping. And, um, 
he told this, she was the, uh, uh, what do you, flight attendant. She was the flight attendant. And he said, he's just killing time. He goes, ask me anything, you know, just talk to me. You know, what do you want to know? Just ask me, I'll tell you. And, and she said, uh, well, what about UFOs? And he got a look on his face and he goes, I wish you hadn't asked me that one. That's the one I can't tell you about. So, I, and, and you, you know, the truth of the matter is like, again, uh, it's one thing to be skeptical and say, I don't know whether to believe or not believe this, but you can at least say certain things happen. Clearly the Clintons have talked about UFOs. Clearly the yep. Clintons have been interested in the topic for years. Yep. And the question uh Think about how we might have been diverted had Clinton won instead of Trump in in 2016. Uh, we might be having a very different conversation right now if if indeed she was uh, willing to take that leap and start talking about this as the president. And then you have to ask yourself, if it's that good a topic and presidents can talk about it, where was Trump during this? Where is Biden during this? Why are they still not doing this? Okay, but that's the other thing, too. This is the other thing that infuriates me about the White House press corps, because have you noticed any time that the subject of UFOs, UAPs gets oh. raised in the White House or in the Pentagon, there's always this kind of nervous titter, like a bunch of nervous school kids. It's they horrible. Go, <laughs> it's horrible. It's just pathetic. They're failing the American public. Let, let me tell you what my, oh, I'm sorry, but my number one pet peeve on this thing is we had an election in 2016 and an election in 2020 where this topic is on people's minds and it's a serious topic or we wouldn't be writing uh, government reports about it. In all of the debates in 2020, there was not a question asked about UFOs or UAP. There were questions about all manner of other things uh, and not one. Now, if it's a real issue, why are we not talking about it? So I will make one prediction uh, looking forward. I believe in 2024, it's impossible for this to be a completely ignored issue. It will come up. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I, it's like it's one of those one of the things you'd know about, Bryce, there's a thing in journalism. You have sleeper stories, stories yes. that you just know are major stories, but they're not getting on the front page. Yeah, this is it. For me, this is it. This is why we're doing Need to Know. Yes. Because people need to know about this. I, I get so frustrated by the fact that, you know, at, at any briefing, when people are asked questions about UFOs, there's always that pathetic titter. And yet you've got things like, say, for example, the former CIA director, John Brennan. He dropped the oh. biggest hint in December last year. Wow. He said, quote, I think some of the phenomena we're going to be seeing continues to be unexplained and might in fact be some type of phenomenon that is not, that is the result of something that we don't yet understand and quote, that could involve some type of activity that some might say constitutes a different form of life. Yes, sir. That's a former CIA director. Uh, unbelievable. And, 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 and remember, uh, the first CIA director, Roscoe Hillengotter, in 1960, wrote the New York Times and said uh, that this was a real thing and that, uh, and that people were being directed not to talk about it in the government.
Um, so, I, the, by the way, the John Brennan thing and the Intel people speaking out, uh, uh, John Ratcliffe, uh, who was the ODNI under Trump, spoke out. Uh, I put that as one of the top 10 stories of 2021. But another I, one I agree would be Bill Nelson from NASA. Because Bill Nelson, for years and years and years, NASA has always taken kind of a hands-off approach. We don't really talk about this. It's nothing that uh, we're, we're too busy doing NASA stuff. We're not really going to engage with that. And Bill Nelson, the new guy, the former senator from uh, Florida, and uh, now the and, a, and an astronaut, a space shuttle astronaut, is now running NASA. And he is saying the quiet part out loud. He is saying... There's billions and billions of places that, that these UAP could be explained from, and they might just not be us. And I love the way he said it. He, he did it with a tease. He said, no, there are even theories that there might be other universes. And if that's the case, who am I to say planet Earth is the only location of a life form that is civilized and organized like ours? Amazing wow. stuff. But then, you know, but what was cool was that at the same event, which was at the um, Washington right. National Cathedral back in early November, you had the chief spymaster for the United States, a, a woman called Avril Haines. Mm -hmm. She's the director of national intelligence. She oversees all 16 U.S. spy agencies, including the FBI and the CIA. And she was at this event called the Future in Space event at the Washington Cathedral. And yet again, this happens and it just gets ignored. But this is what she said. She admitted, quote, the main issues that Congress and others have been concerned about is safety of flight concerns and counterintelligence issues. Always. There's also the question of, is there something else that we simply do not understand? which might come extraterrestrially. Oh. She, she used the ET and, word. And, and just to, to remind uh, our people who are listening right now, she's the person who ran the office of the office of di the director of national intelligence. She is the DNI and they were the ones that wrote the June 25th preliminary report on UAP that Congress demanded. So she knows. And by the way, when you talk about her and you talk about uh, Bill Nelson for Bill Nelson to say what he said, I mean, he's had the big briefing. You know, you and I have to go out and 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 try to dig through stuff and find things the the hard way, uh, the journalistic way. Those people have gotten briefings, and and they've come out of those briefings, and they've been more and more open in their comments in 2021 than ever before in history. Period. And I also follow up Avril Haines's comments because yes. one of my favorite characters in this is is a guy called Lou Elizondo, who's yes, this sir. guy who looks like a he looks like a marine from Central Casting. You know, he's he's this nuggety soldier spook, <laughs> and he, yeah. he he's got this big bushy beard, lovely bloke, and um, he followed up within a week or two of Avril Haines' comments. He did an interview with British GQ magazine, the men's fashion magazine. And they just asked him outright. They said, do you believe we have recovered a craft? And he's such a flirt, Elizondo. He, he totally is. So nicely. He says, I've been told I have to be very careful how I answer this question. I'm not allowed to expound upon anything I've already said. What I have said is that it is my opinion, my belief, a strong belief, hint, hint, that the U.S. government is in possession of exotic 
material associated with UAPs. That's all I'm allowed to say. I mean, I risk okay. my case. Let's, I, let's back I, up and go home. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, what part of that was so unclear? I I, I don't get it. And, and I gotta say, I do love uh, Lou Elizondo. Uh, I know he's a controversial person, and and certainly as we look back in that rearview mirror again, we see Lou being controversial uh, among people who follow the UFO topic, but he seems very authentic to me. Um, I'm, I'm uh, sold on, on him. And I, I have to say uh, the, the straightforwardness that the guy has brought. And yet at the same time, he's the master, he's become the Zen master of the NDA uh, statement where he goes, well, I've, I can't violate my NDA, but I will say, and <laughs> he says a lot by saying a little, and it's, imp- well, it's important. Well, he actually went a little stuff. bit further with GQ because they then asked him after they'd asked about spacecraft, they said, do you believe organic matter or beings have been recovered? And he pauses and he goes, I'm respectfully going to have to pass on that questions. There's a couple of questions I'm really not at liberty to discuss. That's one of them. They're intelligently controlled for sure because they're responding and reacting to our actions. That is for certain. They are absolutely intelligently controlled by something. Now, that's from the head of the intelligence yeah, program absolutely. that was run out of the office of the director of national intelligence. Avril Haines is the boss of that agency. He was the guy who was doing the UFO investigations with a security clearance as long as my, you're in my arm. He's been allowed to look in the dark crevices inside the US intelligence establishment. Yes, he has. And what just does my head in, and I I don't know what's going on here, because I I know a lot of the good journalists in Washington. I've worked with them. I've done collaborations with the Washington Post and the New York Times. And I know the New York Times has broken a couple of stories on this, but nobody's like this on a dog on a bone. It's, it's you, crazy. You, well, you are, and, got, and and no, and no, but we've got to be. It's we've it's we've got to be. Story. It, it's you know, there's certain stories. This is clearly one of them. Where I've written books or movies before because I wanted to read them and nobody had written them. So I said, well, I better write it myself. And I think that's this is the journalistic uh, equivalent of that. Um, we are we're doing it because no one else is. And th- but there we're being joined by many people I, uh, who are thinking about it right now. I will say one more thing about uh, uh, Elizondo. He also said, if I'm not mistaken, in one of his interviews, uh, that there are photos or films or something that show the the word is quote occupancy. Well, yeah. that's kind of a game over too. So yeah. if somebody is seeing those kind of that kind of evidence, uh, that pretty well puts us in a new world, doesn't it? Because okay, let's let's work through this, Bryce. Because we better start thinking about wrapping up. So yeah, we, I, guess. Um, I hate to do that, um, but yeah, I so do I. I. I hope you're all enjoying it back home. We'll have but to do the, a lot um, of these, or we'll never get through. <laughs> We've got too many things. I've got a, a thousand things I've not said, and I know that you have as many, and and that's what's going to be fun about this. But the, the cool thing about all of this is that what, what is, I mean, for, as journos, I try and always go back to the absolute nuts and bolts. What yes. do we know for sure? We know for sure that according to numerous informed insiders, there are intelligently controlled vehicles, craft, manufactured objects 
which may or may not have occupants, which are doing things far beyond known terrestrial human earth-based science. We're told officially in a report to Congress that this is not American technology, that it's almost definitely not Russian or Chinese technology. If it's not that, Bryce, unless it's some Thunderbirds organization on an island in the South Pacific somewhere, <laughs> who, who the hell is it? You know, I, I say uh, if if the three parts of the report were um, they're not our, I mean, that they're real. Um, and the second part is we don't make them. And the third part is we don't think China or Russia makes them either. I always say do the math, What, what what's left. And I'm not saying it's alien either. I don't know what it is, but if you do the math on that, something very odd is is at work in this country. And that's what drives this this project that we're on right now, because this is potentially the most important time in human history. This may be the, the inflection point for a, a change in how we see the world, how we see the universe, how we see our place, how we see ourselves. Um, and and we have problems right now in this world. I don't think anybody denies that. We can't get along with ourselves. Uh, we've, we've done terrible damage to the place that we live, the earth, and we have to get our act together. And everyone knows this. I don't think anybody disputes that. Maybe a first step in getting our act together would be to elevate the truth about something as profound as this and get it out there and then get to work at being human and fixing our problems. You know what I wrestle with, Bryce? I wrestle with the why, the why the secrecy, because I'm now mm. at the stage where I don't doubt for a moment that this is real. I don't doubt for a moment that the United States government knows a huge amount more than it's letting on. I mean, for example, I've, I was just laughing to myself this morning because in preparing for this interview, I was reading the ex-CIA director James Woolsey's comments to our friend John Greenwald from the Black Vault site earlier in April this year. And he described an incident in which a friend of his had his aircraft, quote, stop at 40,000 feet and not continue operating as a normal aircraft. Right. And, and he acknowledged that in the context of UAPs. Now, in my country, if, the, if, if any public servant, let alone the head of an intelligence service or a former head of an intelligence service, came out and said this had happened, I would be the national correspondent or the national security correspondent for the top newspaper, and I would say, can you please explain what you mean? Oh, I, uh, about where is the curiosity on this? This, I is just what, want, this is what I, gets me. I don't understand why mainstream media is not rattling the cage on this. Because well, the clues are there. They are there. Um, and I think that if we're lucky, uh, media will start rattling the cage more. I just want to, because I know that time is is dwindling here, you ask the question, why? why? Why has there been this truth embargo on this topic over these years? And I've given a lot of thought about that. I think about these things. I'm laying in bed at night, you know, saying, what? Why? Okay, I have two possibilities that I'll leave you with. Possibility number one is it's scary. It's just not fun to consider. And that's possible because of the nuclear connection we've got and things like that might be scary. And the second one is it's just impossible to understand. I mean, it, it may be just too 
strange. Um, I've often loved the, the, there's a quote from a physicist, uh, Haldane at the turn of the century who said the universe made is, is not only stranger than we imagine, it may be stranger than we can imagine. Now, if that's the case, that would explain it also. Well, the enigmatic Louis Elizondo, the former head of the Pentagon UFO program, when he was asked about this, he said that the real explanation would make people somber. Yes. Okay, that's a perfect setup. I'm gonna, I have a way to close this out, all right? I used to be the chairman of the Television Academy. I was the guy in charge after 9-11. And uh, you, we ran were, the, you ran the Emmys. I did. And we were uh, concerned about how we should deal with uh, having actors walk down the red carpet. Right. And how would we find the right tone? And Gregory Peck uh, was there right before he died uh, at, a, at an event that we were honoring him at. Oh my and God. I was, you got, I, to meet, you, you got to meet Gregory I did. Peck. I got to introduce him and I talked to him uh, before that. And I said, Mr. Peck, um, you know, a lot of actors are very concerned about how to deal with, uh, you know, being appropriate and how do we deal with all this? And I'm only saying this because you used the word um, that you used. I said, what, what are your thoughts? Without missing a beat, Gregory Peck looks at me and he says, I would be sober, but not somber with a twinkle in my eye to assure the people that everything was going to be okay. Now, if there's a way out of this mystery and whatever, I think Gregory Peck has given a way to think about that. It, it is time to be sober. It's, it's clearly a time to be sober, but it, we don't have the information yet to be somber, and we still have to be human. We still have to have the twinkle in our eyes, and we still have to, to tell each other it's going to be okay, whatever it is. And so that's where I come down on this. Well, I'll end it by saying, Bryce, we can handle the truth. We can handle the truth. I really think. I think we can. And so, dear listener, I'm sorry to say it's time to go, but we'll be back with another edition of Need to Know, because we really do need to know. Watch the skies. Need to know more? Email us. The address is contact at needtoknow.today. That's contact at needtoknow.today. We'll be back next time because you need to know.